You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Most gracious and ever-living God, I pray at this time that ultimately not my words, but the living word, Jesus, your son, would go forth. And all this I ask and offer in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, I invite you along with me to reflect on this portion of the reading from the Acts of the Apostles. And among the things that we hear is that everyone's bonds were unfastened. Everyone's bonds were unfastened. And part of what I would like to speak about today is is change, Um, our longing for it, our hope for it, uh, and what often seems is our inability um, to bring it about. Uh, there is a, a wonderful uh, minister uh, no longer with us, at least uh, on earth. Uh, Eugene Peterson uh, was his name. And there's a collection of his writings on living well. And I want to begin by reading a portion from that for us this morning. And it speaks to, I believe, what we'll reflect on in this portion of the Acts of the Apostles um, this morning. And he writes this, distracted, And constant people like us need a large attention-getting device for noticing the main show, seeing the huge God dimensions of our lives, and listening to the large God story into which all our stories fit. There is much about those stories that we, of course, cannot change. We cannot change our heights or our ages. We cannot change our basic intelligences. We cannot change our places of birth or our parentages. You may not think this is as funny as I do, but he he says we can at best make modification on only our bodily shapes and emotional temperaments. And then he goes on and he says, there is a great deal of sheer givenness in our lives, circumstances and conditions that we must deal with um, as it is. And he doesn't stop there, and I'm I'm not going to stop there today. I don't want you to go out depressed. Um, That is not my goal as we reflect. But we hear about change. We hear about our our longing um, for change. And uh, as time goes on, um, we we sometimes grapple with believing it can happen. But what we hear is the reality that it can happen uh, and that that wonderful, gracious change in our lives is, is brought about by a power coming into our lives from outside of ourselves, uh, an intervention that is greater um, than yours and my own resolutions and efforts. We, of course, hear this portion of the 16th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, and Paul and Silas find themselves in Philippi. And if you remember a couple of chapters back, Paul had other intentions. Paul wanted to go into Asia. That was Paul's Um, desire was to go into Asia and to preach the word there. And he found himself surprisingly barred from going into Asia by nothing less than the very spirit of God prohibiting him um, from going into Asia. And then Paul received a vision from a man of Macedonia, we read, uh, come and help us, um, were the words that he he heard. And Paul and Silas and and Luke along with them and the others uh, traveled to Philippi and they find themselves in Philippi And there is no synagogue in that place, so they are going 
um, down to the river to pray. And if you remember, among the people that he meets um, at the river was a woman named Lydia, um, who would be significant in her support um, of the ministry of the gospel, would become um, a partner with them in the ministry of the gospel. But of course, as they're going, we hear um, that there is um, a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. And you imagine um, the bond that is on her life with this um, spirit, with uh, being a slave, with having um, people who profit uh, from her. And you can imagine the way in which she is bound up and she's following Paul and Silas. And of course, we're told that Paul becomes greatly um, annoyed after a few days. And my guess is that he was greatly annoyed before a few days. Uh, But we hear that after a few days, Paul actually um, does something about it. And he commands in the name of Jesus that the spirit would come out um, of her. But the word for annoyed, which is translated annoyed, and as I say, I think it's safe to say he was annoyed, but it's much more than that. He was grieved. Um, Paul was grieved at this spirit um, which bound this woman. Uh, He was grieved um, at the way um, that her actions would hinder um, the message of the gospel from going forth. And of course, we heard that just a moment ago, the response Um, of those who were, quote, her owners, uh, as they realized that their profit was going to be affected, they dragged Paul and Silas um, into um, the main area, and they were beaten, and they were thrown into prison, and we hear that they are placed in maximum security. We hear that they're in the inner um, prison, and their feet um, are in stocks. And I think it's, uh, uh, any of us can at least in some fashion imagine what your mental state would be at that particular moment, uh, the level of um, despair, um, the level of um, anger, the level of hopelessness. Uh, you've been falsely accused. You've been physically um, beaten and shamed publicly. You've been thrown into the prison, and not just the prison, but basically into the dungeon, um, and your feet um, are locked um, in stocks. And you heard just a moment ago, um, their response that about midnight, we're told that they were praying and singing hymns to God. (laughs) And what I'm not going to tell you this morning is, I expect you to be praising all the time and we're going to be watching um, to see if if you are. Um, But it does hold out to us, um, not just this portion of the Acts of the Apostles, but John's gospel as well, to a greater reality than the moment, that our lives can be commanded by a greater reality and a greater hope than our present circumstances. Because we see that as they are singing, we see um, that they are praying. It's significant what we hear. The prisoners were listening to them. It was the reality that they had a different reality that made what they said and what they did appealing to those who were around them. Uh, they, weren't, uh, they weren't instructing them. They weren't um, exhorting them, but the joy and the freedom and the praise, even in the midst of their context, had an impact on those around them. It had a freeing and a liberating um, impact. We also read from that 17th chapter of John's Gospel, and it's, it's a marvelous portion of John's Gospel. And what we see Um, in that portion of John's gospel is that none other than Jesus himself prays and makes intercession for us. We hear that Jesus 
prays for those who will believe in his name. And we see the impact and the effect of Jesus's prayers and intercession in the life of Paul um, and of Silas. Despite their context, their reality is one of hope. Despite their context, their reality um, is one uh, of praise. And not only does it give life um, to them, not only does God give life to them in that moment, but through them, he's also giving life um, to those who are around. And of course, it, it gets even more dramatic as, uh, as God's grace shakes the very foundations of the prison, um, as the uh, doors um, are flung open, as the bonds were unfastened. And of course, the jailer goes to begin to fall upon his sword, Uh, knowing uh, what awaits him with all the prisoners having escaped uh, in his mind. And of course, Paul um, calls out to him and stops him uh, from harming himself. And that in and of itself would have been um, miraculous um, to him. These people whom he had um, mistreated, these people whom he had locked away, uh, now express concern, now express um, consideration for him, now reach out uh, and tell him, do not harm yourself. And of course, we see his, um, his response um, to their behavior. There's something dramatic, and he, and he says that essential question, sirs, what must I do um, to be saved? Uh, and here, the response, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. A facet of the good news is that it is, uh, in in some ways, insultingly simple. Because the human condition um, wants more, do we not? I mean, that's that's great, but but surely um, I'm an important part of this process. Um, Surely you need to bring me to bring something to the table, something to the equation um, of my um, deliverance. And the answer to it is no. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Um, and you will be saved. I began by, by talking about our uh, understandable longing um, for change um, in our lives, or at the very least, um, I have no doubt that we want change in the lives of some people who are around us, um, if not for ourselves, certainly for those around us. Um, I see some of you smiling. You're thinking about, I don't know, maybe your spouse. Um, I don't know who it might be, um, but we desire change for ourselves. We often desire change um, for those um, around us. And again, all of, our, all of our efforts to change ourselves often are, are fruitless. But we see um, the power and the ability um, to change in all of the various players in this life. Uh, the uh, slave girl who is controlled by a spirit is delivered. Uh, and she is changed. Um, Paul and Silas um, are delivered, and their circumstances change. The jailer and his entire household uh, are are changed, and life comes to each of them. And what I would like to say to you this morning uh, are a few things. Uh, One is to say um, that in praise, in our prayers, Um, We admit the truth to God and we admit the truth to ourselves that this change that we long for um, is necessarily made possible by God. In each of the lives of all the people, God made a way where they could not. And that's the beginning of the reality for you and for me. 
uh, as Christians. God makes a way um, in our lives. God makes a way in our relationships um, where you and I um, cannot. That deliverance comes uh, from outside um, of ourselves. But we also see um, that it is God's desire um, to bring it about. And the way that God ultimately um, brings it about is by his love and his grace, which are given to you and to me in the person and in the work uh, of Jesus Christ. As Jesus is praying for us as followers, in the 23rd verse, one of his prayers is that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. There's understandably a certain hesitation amongst all of us when we hear love um, talked about. Uh, Love can uh, be um, disappointing to us or it can be presented in a way which just feels um, limp and without power. But the love of God and the glory of God are nothing like that. They're displayed um, for us unmistakably in the incarnation of Jesus, in his cross and in his resurrection, um, in his blood which is shed for you and for me that we might be people who are delivered, that we might be people who are hopeful, that you and I might be people who are secure. And we hear this amazing word given to us this day, is that God the Father, in sending his son Jesus, uh, desires that the world may know that not only was Jesus sent into the world by the Father, but that in him we might know that we are loved by the Heavenly Father in the same way that he loves his only Son, that longing that we all have to be loved deeply, uh, unconditionally, sacrificially, in a way that, that will change our lives more than all of the efforts uh, and determinations in the world. Uh, we see the effect of Jesus' prayer in the life of Paul and Silas, And I hold out the reality that God's desire is for you and I to know that security, for you and I to know that freedom, for you and I to live our lives by a reality that's greater than our moment and that our circumstances, that we are loved by the Father with an everlasting love, and that he promises not to leave us comfortless as we prayed in our prayer, but to send his spirit that he might be with us. And as we hear that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks and praise that you do indeed um, seek us in the gift of Jesus, your Son. And you do not leave us comfortless, but you send your Holy Spirit. Pour into our hearts and our minds and our lives um, the reality of your gracious, loving presence, uh, that our lives might be infinitely more, that they would be filled with the freedom and the hope that are found in you. And all this we ask in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.